Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church, located in Newberry, Florida, where Rocky McKinley is our lead pastor. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. And since it is Support Staff Appreciation Day, I thought that maybe I could take a few moments and go ahead and catch up on some of my thank you notes for today. You think that would be okay if I, if I did that? Um, I... Uh, you know, it wouldn't be right if I didn't have some good, so good, so good. It wouldn't be right if I didn't have some good music to do this with. I need a soundtrack. I need something that I can do. Joe, do you think you can give me some um, thank you note writing music? Joe, what happened to your tie? Your top button's buttoning, you don't have a tie on. Somebody stole his tie, I guess. And shoved it in his front pocket. Let's do this, you ready? Thank you, Andrew Petrush for being a bilingual staff member. Your ability to speak both English and sarcasm touches many lives here at DCC. Thank you, Alexis Meacham for managing the church's social media pages. It's like asking a peeping Tom to head up the neighborhood watch program. Why so serious? I just want to know why so serious. <laughs> I think secretly inside you are whipping and neighing right now. <laughs> Thank you, Josh Bryant, for your constant high school football posts. They help you reclaim your man card that you lost for your bachelor tweets. Prince Farming? I didn't even know what it meant. I had to ask my wife. You should have to do the same. Thank you, Josh Williams, for finally watching The Walking Dead and for leaving every light on in your house while your wife was out of town. If it's too scary, maybe you and Josh Bryant can watch The Bachelor together, okay? <laughs> Thank you, Serve Day, 
for making us all look like a cult in the same red shirts. Instead of drinking the Kool-Aid, we look like the Kool-Aid man. Thank you, Alexis Meacham, for quitting before Staff Appreciation Day two years ago. We are glad that you came back, but Andrew and Josh really enjoyed not having to give you part of the offering. P.S. They want to know if you will quit before we take up the offering today. <laughs> Thank you, Josh Williams, for the impeccable timing of being hired right before Christmas. What's better than one Joshi? Dose Hashis. <laughs> It's because that's Spanish for two Joshies. Two Joshies. Dos Hashies. <clears throat> Thank you, Alachua County, for always making it feel like Christmas in this cafetorium. By a show of hands, how many of you are freezing right now? one more just one more okay because we got to get into the word you know all right thank you Andrew Petrush for having 27 cents in your right pocket right now we can see the quarter and two pennies outlined in your skinny jeans <laughs> That's my thank you notes. I thought about taking a hiatus and pausing in this series, Storyteller, um, for today. And there were so many things that were going through in my mind and so many things that, that I was thinking that we could do and then with it being Support Staff Appreciation Day, I, I thought to myself, what, what I need to do is continue on with this series because I think that's what they would want me to do. But I also believe that God, through us as a staff, has a message for you today. And so I want to share that with you. There are some great athletes in the NBA that stand out because they have won championships. Not one, but multiple championships. You can't help but think of the great Bill Russell played for the Boston Celtics. 11 NBA championships. 11. One man, 11 NBA championships. Michael Jordan. Any Chicago Bulls fans in the room? There's like two of you guys. You asked that mid-90s, all of you guys were Chicago Bulls fans. Where'd you go? Michael Jordan, six NBA championships. Magic Johnson, 
five NBA championships. And as much as I hate to admit it, Kobe Bryant, five NBA championships. But if they were to tell you their story, if they were to stand on this stage right now, and if they were honest with you and they were to tell you their story, they would have to tell you some key players who are part of their stories. Bill Russell would tell you about Sam Jones, who won 10 of the 11 championships with Bill Russell. Michael Jordan would tell you about Scottie Pippen, who was a part of the Bulls championship teams, who each won three consecutive championships in a row, twice six titles. Magic Johnson would tell you about Michael Cooper, who helped him win five NBA championships. And if Kobe Bryant were to tell you about his five NBA championships, he would tell you about Derek Fisher, who was by his side for all five of those championships. But we all know that Kobe wouldn't because Kobe thinks he's God and can do it all by himself. <laughs> Great victories are not won by individuals. Great victories are won by armies made up of willing individuals. I want you to turn with me today to Exodus chapter 3. We're going to read 14 verses out of Exodus chapter 3, and then we're going to read a few verses out of Exodus chapter 4. I want you to really pay close attention to what is being said here in these scriptures. Try and get into the mind of Moses as we read this so that you can appreciate what maybe he, he was going through. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the, law, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see... God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, But I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? 
God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Just hold your spot there. We're going to read in just a moment Exodus chapter 4. But you have to understand what Moses is going through in this moment because everybody in this room can relate to what this future leader is about to experience. Everybody in this room knows his mindset. You've been there before. Maybe not quite to that magnitude, but you've been there before. Moses is feeling completely inadequate for this assignment. When God says, Moses, I need you to go and perform this task. I need you to be the leader. You are going to be the one that goes before Pharaoh. You are going to be the one that brings my people out of bondage, out of slavery. You are going to be the one that leads them to the promised land. And in that moment, Moses just feels completely inadequate for the assignment but God doesn't let up how many of you have ever been challenged in your spirit by God to do something and you don't want to do it but God just doesn't let up you know God is very persistent in our lives you ever notice that God is very persistent. God does not let up, and God doesn't let up with Moses. And, and he begins uh, recruiting him uh, through object lessons. And, and he says, Moses, what's that in your hand? And he says, it's a staff. It's my shepherd's staff. He says, throw it down on the ground. He throws it down on the ground, and it becomes a serpent. Moses actually runs is what the Bible says. And when he, when he sneaks back over to ch kind of check it out a little bit up close, God says, now I want you to take it by the tail. And as he takes it by the tail, it turns back in to a shepherd's staff. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to convince Moses to take on this role because he feels completely inadequate to do what he is called to do. God continues to recruit him through another object lesson. This time, God says, take your hand, stick it inside your cloak. He takes his hand, he sticks it inside of his cloak, and when he pulls his hand out, it's completely covered with leprosy. God says, now stick your hand back into your cloak. He sticks it back into his cloak, and when he pulls it back out, this time it looks just like the rest of his skin on his body. There is no leprosy on it at all. But Moses is still not convinced because Oftentimes in life, we can see God's hand moving, and we can see God doing the miraculous, but still we feel so inadequate, and we don't feel like God can empower us. God can move mountains. God can part the sea. God can do great and mighty things, heal the sick, heal, heal the blind, the lame, all of these wonderful things that he can do, but God cannot empower me for what he's calling me to do. And even though Moses sees God's hand, his, his wondrous hand working right in front of him, he is still not convinced. Chapter 4, verse 10. Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be, I will be your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. But he said, Oh, my Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be your mouth and with his mouth. And will teach you both what to do. 
Every coach knows that in order to win, you need to have every position filled with the best possible players. If you want to give your team a chance to win, you've got to have the best possible players in all of the key positions, or you are probably not going to win. I've coached basketball at a number of different levels. I've coached rec league basketball, the real little ones, all the way up to, to the, the, the middle school students. I've coached rec league where everyone has to play. No matter how good they are, you have to guarantee them a certain amount of playing time. It's in the rules. You have to do this. I have coached churchly where it is highly competitive. I'll tell you this, some of the most competitive sports I've ever played in my life has been in church league softball and basketball games. I didn't say they were good. I just said they were competitive. And man, you will see the devil come out in church league softball faster. Let's just move on. I don't have it. I've coached church league. Where the right thing to do is to make sure that everybody plays and everybody has a good time and everybody gets in on the fellowship. Doesn't always happen, but that's what the right thing to do is. And, and I've coached varsity high school basketball where only the best players play when the game is on the line. And the only chance of your weaker players getting into the game is if the game is out of control. You're either winning by a lot of points or you're losing by a lot of points. And I know that in order to win the game, you've got to have the best possible players in the key positions or you won't win. And I know that in order for this church to be what God wants it to be, it is my job to identify potential team members and put them in the right places, whether they be on staff or as volunteers. When we first planted DCC, I honestly had no idea that God would bless me with the team that I have right now. Not at all. You have to realize that out of all of these people, the one, only one that I really even knew was Andrew. That was it. I did not even know Josh Bryant, Josh Williams, Alexis Meacham. I didn't know you guys. didn't really know anything about you. But that didn't stop God. I had no idea what positions we would need filled. I, I thought I did in my mind, but, but God was, was revamping my whole thought process. You see, during that time, Mandy was working a full-time job in Gainesville to help make ends meet so that I could spend time at the church trying my best to grow the church and to get it to, to the next level. And, uh, and so Mandy was working until the church could afford to pay me what I needed to live by. I remember sitting in my office by myself, some of the most lonely days, answering the phone, phones. I, I remember printing and folding the bulletins. Alexis, I've been there. I know what that feels like. I know what it was like to vacuum the old sanctuary. On Sunday, you're supposed to get up and look presentable. You're supposed to look your best. But I know what it was like to go and scrub the toilets on Saturday night before people got there on Sunday. It's a very difficult time mentally for me because the church that I left, I didn't have to answer the phones, print and fold the bulletins, vacuum the old sanctuary, clean the bathrooms. I didn't have to do that stuff. 
And I remember sitting there one day feeling sorry for myself. Right across the street, over in that building where some of your children are in children's church right now, I remember sitting there in an office feeling sorry for myself. But God sent me some help. It wasn't all of them at one time. That would have been ideal. Trust me, the churches, the, the church plants that are able, able to take a whole staff into a city all at one time and it's funded and they have, that man, that's the way to go. That is fantastic. That just wasn't our story. That wasn't the way that God was going to do this. We would have to grow the church and at each level we would be able to add a staff member. And so God began sending me some help, someone to help carry the vision forward because there was more to the story than just me. But when I sit there in the office, when I'm sitting there in an office by myself, I have the tendency to make the story about me. And it was more than just about me. First, we hired Andrew Petruch. Immediately, the morale changed. It went from bad to really bad. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <clears throat> no, the morale did change. I had help now. You see, I didn't have to carry the burden alone anymore. The weight was lifted somewhat. And for a while, his wife, Deanna, was actually working part-time in our office and helping us out there. Eventually, a young college student asked if she could intern at our office for free. You used to work for free. Feel God calling you back to that? <laughs> this college intern, her name was Alexis. And that position eventually turned into a part-time paid position, and eventually we were able to hire her full-time as the church began to grow. Then she quit and pursued other interests, but because we liked her husband, we hired her back. <laughs> True. God sent the Bryant family. God sent the Bryant family to our church just in time, because I'll tell you, we had reached a plateau. We had already moved our services over here to this building, and, but, but I feel very strong that we had reached a plateau. And, and the Bryant family, they were a breath of fresh air. They were not only eager to get involved, but they were also very evangelistic in nature, inviting many families to come to our church. And immediately our church began to grow because of this family. Josh would serve on our administrative council for a while, which eventually led to him being hired as our family ministries director. And last year, as God was transitioning Andrew and Deanna into a different area of ministry, different levels of responsibilities, God sent us Josh and Stephanie Williams. And the energy and excitement that they have, uh, th that they brought with them, would definitely take our youth ministry to the next level. This past week, I had the privilege of attending a leadership conference in Atlanta with these people. And there was a moment that we were all sitting at the dinner table, sitting in a restaurant eating, when God brought back to my remembrance that feeling that I had sitting in that office by myself. It wasn't a bad thing. God allowed me to remember those moments of inadequacy, those moments of loneliness, 
And I sit there at that table the other night and I just looked around the table and I couldn't help but just thank God for the people that he has brought around me. I love verse 14 of chapter 4. But I really love it out of the New International Version. And so I want to read it to you out of the New International Version. It says, Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, What about your brother, Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you. And he will be glad when he sees you. He is already on his way. You see, some of you right now, you are going through life and you're trying your best to tell your story. You're trying your best to even see if you have a story. And what you don't realize is that God is already preparing somebody to come and walk alongside of you. God is already preparing somebody that is going to stand arm in arm with you and they are going to help push you towards your divine destiny that God has for your life. He is already on his way, Moses. While you're standing here complaining to me that you are inadequate, while you are sitting here griping, Aaron is already on his way. Andrew Petrush was working for a nonprofit organization in Pinellas County, going into the Pinellas County schools, teaching them about abstinence, that's what he was doing in 2006 when we planted this church. He was not married. He did not have a kid. But he was already on his way. He just didn't know it. And God had to really speak loud and clear to get him here. In 2006, Josh Bryant owned a mulch company. His family lived in Gilchrist County. No idea. Ministry was not even on his radar. I, I know sometimes, Josh, you look at this thing and you're like, how did I get here? Why am I on staff at a church? Because it was not something that you ever saw yourself doing. But while you were, were running a business, while you were doing that, and we were planning a church in 2006, God says that you were already on your way. I had to be careful with this one. Alexis Stalnaker was a junior in high school in 2006 when we planted this church, dating Jake Meacham. But she was already on her way. You want to really feel old? Josh Williams was in ninth grade living in Michigan. <laughs> Josh Williams was in ninth grade living in Michigan looking like the real Slim Shady. But he was already on his way. While God was preparing me, God was preparing them. And not just them, but so many of you that volunteer around this church. That when we had 15 people and that was it. God was preparing some of you, if not all of you, to help push this vision.
what I could very easily look at and say, this is my story. I realize it's our story. Because while I was down in the dumps, feeling sorry for myself, God was preparing these people and you to be part of this story. Your story is not meant to be about just you and God. Never. Never. There's not one story in Scripture that's just about a man or a woman and God. That, no. We know that because those scriptures are still reaching lives today. And so it, it includes so many people, so many people. God has not called us to tell our stories by ourselves. The story that God wants to tell through your life, it's too great to tell by yourself. You can't do it. It's bigger than any one person. The cause of Christ is bigger than any one person. So one person cannot properly tell this story by themselves. But that's why God calls us in, in, into unity with each other and us as a church. And he says, I want to put these people together because together they can tell my story to humanity. God puts people in your life that will help tell his story through your life. When Moses needed someone to speak for him, God sent him Aaron. When Moses needed someone to mentor him in his leadership, God allowed his father-in-law Jethro to speak up. When Moses needed someone to take the lead, to succeed him, God sent him Joshua. And as inadequate and lonely as you may feel at times, you've got to understand God has someone on the way. And it's possible that you haven't even met them yet. Someone to come alongside of you, bear the load with you, someone to tell the story with you. I want to speak to my staff, and you can listen, but this is meant for my staff right now. looking at me staff I'm honored to be your heir you're the leaders you guys amaze me at what you do you guys are great leaders I just get to speak. I'm your Aaron. God has called you just as much as he's called me to lead this church. I want you all to know I'm honored to be your Scotty Pippen. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. We would love to meet you in person. For service times and directions, 
log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org or call the church office at 352-472-3284. Thanks again for listening. Destiny Community Church, for life's journey.